P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him run! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape, tape. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk all things Philip Zimmer Hoffman, watch Philip Zimmer Hoffman films, everything that it entails, and beyond. So, Kyle, how you been? I've been doing pretty good. You know, um, it's been getting warmer out, and... um... Uh, people are, you know, more people are out. I think, uh, when this episode comes out, restaurants, you'll be able to start at a certain capacity eating outside. So, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that as safe as possible. Get a little versus cabin fever kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, some parts of the country are already open. Some parts of the country aren't. Some parts of the country you can you know, do things on a limited basis. I know there's some places that are semi-open here, certainly for outdoor. And when I say here, I mean in New York, certainly for outdoor consumption. And people are going to do things at their own comfort level. You have people who have been doing the things this entire time, and you have people who are going to give it another month or two until they feel safe. And that's fine. Do things at your comfort level, guys. Exactly, yeah. To each their own, just try not to... Do something that's uh, endangering or reckless to others, I guess. Of course, yes. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And uh, I was kind of surprised. I know I say that every week, but I was surprised at the pick this week, only because The Big Lebowski has lost so many times on our poll. But today we're talking about The Big Lebowski. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, those the films that have beaten it were more PSH-centric, but this is a terrific, hilarious movie. That I know uh, Joey Lewandowski, the podfather himself, doesn't enjoy. But I, I believe he's giving it a second chance. Um, or or not, maybe, I don't know how many times. <laughs> another a, chance. A, a, another chance. There we go. Yes. Another chance. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe this time he'll enjoy it. I, it's, a, it's a cult classic film. I've dressed up as the characters. I've been, we've both been to a bar in Iceland that's called Lebowski's. I mean, it's a, it's a big movie. Yes, and it beat Scent of a Woman, so I guess by your theory of... Oh, no! (laughs) I don't know, because he might be in Scent of a Woman equally, but he definitely is more impactful in The Big Lebowski. Yeah, he's just more sure of himself as an actor, and just like a... It's a juicier role, yeah. Juicier role, yeah. I mean, no one identifies Scent of a Woman with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I know people usually don't identify The Big Lebowski with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I feel like more do, if that makes sense. It's Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a known character. One of my recent Foodie Films guests, his name is Brant, and I was talking to him about P.S. I Love Hoffman. He's like, yeah, Big Lebowski, my name right there. So, <laughs> so we both are watching this 
on our computers, but you have it rented on Amazon. I'm watching it on Stars, so we're at a little different time codes. But we're both paused at right when you see the sun come over that Earth and the Universal logo. So you should see like an orange band over a black orb. For those of you who are flat earthers, this logo might disappoint you. For everyone else who's sane in the world, it makes sense. Yeah, and this is not the Armageddon. Opening. No. <laughs> so I'm ready when you are, Kyle. Sh- sh- shall I count? Sure, you can count. Okay. Well, and for those of you, as you said, I'm I'm watching on Amazon. I happen it's at 19 seconds, but like you said, it's the it's the orange crest. Yes, and mine's at 14. In three, two, one, play. Okay, the movie is playing, and just want to remind you guys to follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram. That's where you can vote for what movies are going to be on our next rewatch. Now, we set this rule, I think, last time, or maybe the time before, that if you lose, you're still on the ballot. If you win, you're off. So, Scent of a Woman will be one of the movies, and we'll use the Wheel of Hoffman to determine the next one. I like this new system. It's fun. It's fun. Working title. Uh, the the great voice of Sam Elliott. Tumbleweed. Well, not. Re- I mean, I guess it's like tumbleweed before it's tumbling. I don't know what it's called. Just weeds in the desert. <laughs> Coen Brothers do a lot of uh, desert films. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they desert and just even desolate too. Yes, yeah. because Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. I mean, I guess you could argue that's a form, kind of a desert. I don't know. But is 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 the dude a tumbling weed? He certainly likes his weed. <laughs> He's definitely, he's more like of a, a creature of habit, right? Uh, yeah, because he doesn't really, when I think of tumbleweed, I think of like a, a rolling stone. There's a tumbleweed right there, but like, I think they're trying to compare that to him, but he's kind of in the same place, right? He doesn't like move around. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a drifter. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I was, uh, those uh, tacos, five tacos for like 250 mm. I'm into it. What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie off the bat? Um, I mean, it's like this Fargo and Raising Arizona are just so good. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Probably I mean, Raising Arizona for me. Inside Lewin Davis I liked. Oh, Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, if we start going to the later stuff too, I mean... Uh, I mean, now it's, a, it's already like 13 years ago or whatever, but... Um, Oh, God, why am I having such a brain fart right now? The Lady Killers? No. (laughs) Uh, Jesus. Josh Brolin. True Grit? No. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Burn After Reading? No. It beat beat There Will Be Blood. It's Best Picture winner. I'm just having such a... Oh, No Country for Old Men. Thank you. No Country for Old Men. What? an iconic like look of a character that just you know like you know it's one of those outlines that you can just see 
on a t-shirt, just like the hair, the goatee, and the sunglasses, and you know exactly who it is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And his outfit. <laughs> just right, He's writing a check for 69 cents. It's hilarious. George Bush the first. So this is... Is this technically a... This is a period piece. When did it come out? 97, 98? So yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's just like such a very little specific place in time. It's a great cutoff shirt. <laughs> I love how quickly this movie kicks off. Just throw us right into it. Wise ass Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, we've definitely said this before, but that's, uh, forget the actor's name, but in, uh, in Capote. Who? The one of the killers, not the main guy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think his last name starts with a P or his first name. Uh, something starts with a P. <laughs> that's such a, if we were doing a Jeff Bridges podcast and I did a mashup like I did of Philip Seymour Hoffman quotes like, obviously you're not a golfer would be definitely a line to throw in there. (laughs) (laughs) Very 90s jeans. The iconography in Coen Brothers movies in general, but especially this one, is amazing, right? Like, there's a million posters because there's so many memorable motifs from the movie. Bowling being one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could have bowling. You could have one that's just a white Russian. You could have one for, like, every character. There's even just the the amount of, like, ancillary characters in this movie from, like, obviously the brand to the Jesus Peter Starmore's character. Yeah, it, this movie, in a weird way, because it's not like set in a fantasy, but in a weird way, it's very intricate in its world building. There we go. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Then Flea, Flea is in this movie, like from the Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. I, yeah, I he's one of he's one of the uh, German like kidnappers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like this movie probably made like people want to bowl after it, you know. There's probably like a spike in bowling. I think so. When when did Kingpin come out? Mm, like, earlier. May, maybe a than... year before this. Yeah, 96. So. Yeah, 96 is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so a, a couple bowling film. Not that this is a bowling film, you know what I mean? But still, it, it heavily involves bowling. Yeah, it's it's a there's a sub subplots involving it for sure. Bowling for Columbine, not a bowling film, but <laughs> Buscemi here. So good. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. We talked about this definitely on our original episode, but like it was nice to have Buscemi and Hoffman in the same film. I don't think they share a scene together, but in the same film because they both come from like indirectly that like New York Amos Poe kind of no yeah. wave cinema. <laughs> I love the dude getting ready, putting the clip in his hair. <laughs> and like Buscemi was like what a firefighter. And yeah, he was in a New firefighter, York. Yeah, yeah. Hoffman comes up at, at NYU. Obviously, different, a little different ages, but Buscemi's new uh, movie just, just uh, I think, went on on demand. That's cool. Uh, the uh, the Pete Davidson one, Kings of Summer, or yeah, Kings yeah. of King of King of Staten Island. I'm sorry, King of Staten Island. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone also assumes that, like, Jeff Bridges is, like, really out of shape for this role, but he's really not. No, he just... He... <laughs> he, he wears frumpy, unflattering clothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, he looks... I don't know. He just... He looks like Jeff Bridges. He looks like the... Almost like the everyman, in a way. <laughs> yeah, he's just very unkempt. Like, seeing... Yeah, but he's not like... Like, John Goodman's, like, bigger than him. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever cut your hair that shapely as John Goodman here? Me? Maybe? I guess kind of, yeah. (laughs) I've never done my facial hair that shapely. If you had to choose, which, which would you rather? We were both men with facial hair. Uh, or I mean, you you shave a lot more frequently than I do, but w- which which style would you prefer to have for, uh, for a year? But you have to take the head hair too. Ooh, that's a good question. I wasn't even thinking that. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> you can if you want, but no, you don't. Probably Lebowski still. Yeah. Here we go, our main man. Do you like his voice in this? It's so good. It's so proper and waspy. <laughs> and you can tell he gives this, like, spiel many times a day when people... Well, at least as often as people visit him. I think, and, like, part of his job, he just knows, like, such an ass that Lebowski is that he tries to make it as, like, pleasant of a beginning of an experience <laughs> as possible. That makes sense. I could see you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disabled of the nation. <laughs> I 
し<笑> It's just also you can, you can tell that then like Brant is not used to like talking to someone like this. No, but he's he's re- like almost ready for it, you know. Yeah. Like it's almost like oh, what card do I have to play? Okay. Like he's prepared to laugh at any joke someone says. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's so good. Wait a minute, I need to look up this actor's name that plays Lebowski. <laughs> no. I never put I don't just this time watching it, maybe because I have like headphones on. I don't know why, but I would I would recognize this voice from this movie if you were playing it for you know the Big Lebowski's. But what? this the the actor that portrays him, David Huddleston, he's in Blazing Saddles, one of my end all be all favorite movies that I've watched. Probably the movie I've watched most of my life. Wow, and, that's crazy that that's yeah. the movie you've watched most of your life. But who does he play? Um, he plays one of, one of the jokes in Blazing Saddles that everyone in the mid in the West their last name is Johnson. So he plays Olson Johnson, who's just like one of the one of the main town folk. Gotcha, gotcha. And he just has he does a speech in the movie. He's like, "What are we made of?" And just <laughs> like that, it just sounded exactly like the way he's talking. Like, yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> How many Brant scenes do we get? It's not many. It's like we have a little thing after this where the dude just says, like he said, to pick any rug he wants. And then we get some phone calls. And then we get the... There's a Tara Reid scene with him, right? That's right after this. Oh, okay. And then there's in the car at one point with the, I think, with the exchange. (laughs) <laughs> so oh here we go here we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's just not used to being duped like that. <laughs> oh, I love his reaction to the crudeness of Tara Reed's <laughs> So you're drinking a white Russian today? Fantastic. I'm not drinking it. I don't have the uh, accoutrement. accoutrement. <laughs> oh, I hate that we said that and love that we said that at the same time. Tara Reed was so like hot at this point doing a lot of cool stuff. I mean, this is right right before American Pie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Stormar. <laughs> Uli. I, you realize that like people who see this movie and like it like quote every single part of the movie. Yeah, and it's like just you're funny. a nihilist. Yeah, it was just cod. <laughs> That's marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like the, the, that whole nihilist bit because then that's like even like more like then famous famously said by john goodman later in the film when he's like yeah yeah consoling donnie but no it's just it's just funny how like then you have to imagine like i don't think the dude ever says it but then just like listening to it right now you have to imagine the dude told him the story and stuff like that yeah or he might say it. there might be like nihilists like eh. okay so I'll ask you not not counting the dog whose head beard aside whose head of hair would you rather have all uh, the three the guys dude. the dude hands down easily that's why I'm I'm tr- gonna try to grow to that length again <laughs> I'm on a mission right now but it's getting hot out yeah I don't know I don't know if it's worth it to be honest with you well I could grow and I could donate it again that in between stage is so brutal. It is. It really is. But yeah, I wear a lot of baseball caps in the summertime because of the sun, so it's not as bad. <laughs> but even like the final product is just like okay. You know, I don't know. I hate all three of their hairs to be honest with you. <laughs> I would go the dude, then Walter, then Donnie. Yeah, Donnie's pretty bad. Which is kind of where my hair is at right now. Donnie? In a way, yeah. It'll just part to the side like that. It's that. It's almost <laughs> close to that length right now. Jesus. <laughs> You're entering a world of pain. That's a big quote. Yeah. Hit. <laughs> Oh boy. Jesus, it went from like zero to 60. So I'm just remembering right now the big inspiration for Walter is the writer director, John Milius. Gotcha. I mean, I don't know what he's like, so. Well, supposedly, um, I think it was for. He, one of his last movies he directed was like Red Dawn. It might have been for that. Yeah, yeah, might... no, no. I, I'm familiar with him even no, from no. my podcast. 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying like it was either for that or for Conan, one of the movies he directed, not 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 for a writing bit. But he like the story goes that he went to he was having an argument with the executive and he just he brought in a gun and just like put it on the desk. <laughs> I'm going to try to find that. <laughs> Couldn't find it. I know him because he, well, because I love Apocalypse Now, and he wrote Apocalypse Now, and the uh, famous scene in Jaws, Quint's speech. Oh, really cool. Yeah, and he wrote like a fifteen-page version of that, and they had to trim it down to three or five, I think. Gotcha. Now, yeah, and I talked about Red Dawn on my podcast, High School Slumber Party. And what I didn't realize I'm looking up now is that he was a co-creator of that HBO show Rome. I think it only lasted like one or two seasons. Oh, but, wow. Okay. But yeah. Rome is considered like the precursor to like Game of Thrones and all that stuff. Like Rome was ahead of its time. Like they were trying to do this. It didn't catch on. But eventually we get all these epics, these like high budget epics because of Rome. Yeah. Rome was out around the same time as I know it's like I mean Sopranos was still on TV but it was like after Sopranos came out I think kind of kind of around the same time as like The Wire let me see 2005 to 2007 okay so what's the no what's the oh god I'm just so bad uh what's the West show the oh it's like Westworld no you mean Deadwood Deadwood yeah Oh, there we go. And now we got uh, freaking. That's another Donnie, right? Isn't that his name in Love Liza? Oh yeah, I forgot he was in this. Did we talk about that on Love Liza? Yes, I believe so. We definitely talked on about on. Uh, we definitely talked about it on one of the episodes. Gotcha. <laughs> You're just playing a very similar character. I was just gonna say. Like, the mannerisms are different, but, like, yeah, his speaking mannerisms are similar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ray Stevenson was the star of Rome. <laughs> Wait, I, it must have been Leon when we had him on for the original episode, but I know I've heard other people too said like the way that he gestures right <laughs> this way. It's just so, so epic. It's such a different character than we see him play later. Yeah. It's funnier that we, the movies against one another were definitely, you know, the more like higher society, uh, waspy characters that he's played. Yeah. I, 
I wish uh, Jeff Bridges almost like didn't die in the first Iron Man because he was really good. Spoiler alert! Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't the original plan because he wasn't meant to be like the main bad guy. But oh, then, really? yeah, but then they, um, the original idea was like the Mandarin. But they thought that it was, like, that was too fan... And then they even did a different version of the Mandarin Iron Man 3. But, like, if they went... If they did the straight-up comic book version, they thought that Mm -hmm. that was too fantastical of a bad guy. I get it, I get it. So they wanted a more grounded uh, nemesis. So they opted to turn his character into uh, the main bad guy versus, like... He's going to build a bit more in the other movies. how would you compare the coen brothers catalog and like their style to the catalog and style of paul thomas anderson phil zimmer hoffman's most uh, prolific collaborator. Um, just comparing their films to P.T. Anderson's. Well, yeah, or, his, or yeah. the mo- or like his roles in those movies. No, no, I mean, but just the styles of directing. Um, well, they're definitely much more. They're a big fan of satire, so they're Coen Brothers. You're saying Coen Brothers? Yeah. Um, they have a similar sense of humor. That's like the, you know the, uh, I feel like I've read and heard this quote a bunch of times but like people always say like yeah you know like pt anderson has made comedies like punch drunk love was his version of an adam sandler comedy i would even say uh what's it called the joaquin phoenix one? Oh yeah the uh inherent vice yeah that that had like coen brothers-esque happenings you know yeah it's just yeah coen brothers are a bit more over the top and but they do, they both love they have <laughs> Jesus John Turturro the Jesus suppose didn't did that film has that come out I don't think so and it just doesn't seem like it's realistic to me yeah you know like you're gonna do a whole movie about him <laughs> such a... apparently it did come out the Jesus rolls. The Jesus rolls. That's what rolls is in. Rolls the ball. Yeah. Is this, what is this, is this Spanish cover of Hotel California? Yeah, I believe it's the the Gypsy Kings. Yeah. Sounds like it. Very hot at the time. Oh, okay. And then, if you remember, he doesn't like the Eagles, so <laughs> it makes sense. To have a Latin version of an eagle song instead. (laughs) He's just like, I hate everything about this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So let's make a movie about him. Oh yeah, so 
the Jesus Rolls came out in 2019, and it has 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, God. He's an actor, man. He just takes some roles that's like, what are you doing? I just, I look, I like this movie. I'm not saying I don't. I appreciate it. I think it's funny. But I don't want to say it's overrated. It's overrated in a sense of, like, the cult around it. L- let me backtrack a little. It's not overrated. Like, just appreciate a movie for what it is. We don't need spinoffs. You know, we don't need the world explored or a sequel or anything like that. The Coen brothers, no, they're not making a sequel. Yeah, yeah. And and definitely not over 20 years later. No, it's just dumb. Like, just like a movie for what it is, and that's it. That's the story. Yeah, I can't imagine too many people, like, after seeing this movie, were like, you know, like, I need a spin-off movie of his. Now, like, you, you ask a question, you ask the Wooderson question on High School Slumber Party, right? A yes. A character that, you, that you'd enjoy to see more. Maybe that would be an answer for people, but you want a feature film of this guy? I don't know. No, no. And I think that's also a recent problem as well. I think you're right. When people originally saw this, no one was like, I can't wait for the sequel. But now, anytime someone likes something, they're like, I want more. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> just I'm getting so sucked in by the this movie's really interesting that it's like so visual, but then it's very dialogue heavy too. Yeah, which I, I could see a lot of Coen Brothers movies getting that. Tag. Oh, definitely. No, that is their that is their style. Like you have to. It's but it's not like you have to necessarily pay attention to every no, bit of dialogue, don't. but it's so amusing, at least in this film. That it's, you definitely, you miss, like, you know, if you're not paying attention, you'll, you'll, upon every viewing, I feel like you hear something new anyway, or, you know. Yeah, I think that's a plus in Coen Brothers movies, too. Like, you, you notice different things on different watches, because there's so much to notice. Yeah. But it's not not Westworld style. It's like, you don't need to notice it, but it's fun when you do. No, but they're just, they're really good at building worlds. Absolutely. Or uh, environments, I think, would be actually a better way of saying that. Because I wonder if their movies are considered to be, like, in the same universe. That's a good question. I'm going to look that up. Like, is, like, you know, definitely I would think, like, Raising Arizona, Fargo, and this. And, yeah, I mean, maybe some other movies, too. Like, um... Uh... A Serious Man. Yeah, that's underrated, that one. It has one of the biggest fuck you endings of all time, and I love it. The movie is so ominous. It's 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 such yeah. a, yeah, it's, a yeah. it's an underrated movie. It, it begins in a crazy way, and it ends in a crazy way. Yeah, oh my god, the beginning of that I movie. I love that, that beginning. Yeah. I was like, what? I remember being, um, you know, uh, late night with someone and like watching TV, and it came on, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, just right because it started like that's like I don't know what century that's supposed it's like to be. A divic, like, like a Jewish, yeah, yeah. Uh, people love this. 
the the dream sequences i don't know whatever the the hallucinations in this movie are yeah. so so good but i, I, love, I get people I not enjoying it um well, like, cause it, I I understand the Joey Lewandowski's of the world who who see this as maybe overrated. You know, I, I get it because I think you have to be in. If you don't buy in, you're not going to enjoy it. And I think that's true with a lot of Coen Brothers movies. There's not like casual Coen Brothers movies, if that makes sense. Yeah, you have to be very willing to just become like a bystander in this in the world in this environment that they create. It it's very it's. You just yeah, you have to like just give in, and you just have to be like okay, like this is that dude. You just have to be very very accepting. Yeah. Not you know not, not, I'm not saying like in life, but just like with, <laughs> <laughs> but like just like these are the characters. This is how they're being portrayed, and it's a movie that ends up while there's a lot going on. It's a movie about very little or just a very specific moment in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> the whites. Ooh, a mobile phone. Car phone. Or not. Car phone, sorry, yeah. I mean, it is technically mobile, but... (laughs) I would have said me in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Oh man. <laughs> and the movie ends here. I love the sure of themselves like idiot, you know? <laughs> like Peter Sellers always did that so well, like as in- Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, that's for sure. And just Walter, like, you know, nothing that Walter is saying is, like, he's not trying to be funny. None of these guys are trying to be funny. You know, I I think that's, like, a unique feature of Coen Brothers films as well. Yes, there's the Jesus who's 100% for comedy, right? But, like, a lot of their main characters are unintentionally funny. Yeah, no, there's a lot of characters, like, for, for comedy like four comedic beats but but they're but they're serious like in their worlds they are serious yes they're not like they're not funny in their worlds they're just people yeah 
Yeah, you know, like... I would say that's a similarity, again, to draw comparisons to P.T. Anderson. Like, none of them... I'm trying to think, like, Boogie Nights. Is there a character that's trying to be funny? Not really. Like, John C. Riley's character takes himself very seriously. Like, Mark Wahlberg's does. Don Cheadle's does. Philip Seymour Hoffman's does. Fair. You know? They they have that... And that, but that's that's sometimes what makes the best comedies is when you're just watching people playing it so straight, but it's just become so over the top that it's. I mean, that I mean that, and that's and therein lies that's the satire. And I say this not because I'm like New York centric, but both of them are very non-New York filmmakers. Like, and Hoffman does so many New York projects. Mm-hmm. Like, both of them, I think, like, utilize bigness of things. Because even L.A., right? L.A. is a city, but it has such a different quality than New York in terms of how they shoot it, right? It's such a big city in terms of space, different areas. Yeah, it's Like, the they're in L.A. Out. right now, but it's like you would think, you know, you would never see settings like this in New York. Good job, guys. (laughs) I love Walter's reaction. <laughs> He's just so cavalier about it all. <laughs> that 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 moment is now over with and didn't matter to him. Yeah, like, it's just. But he He's ha- so but secure he, with his life. Yeah, but he was making it about him, and he was having this like numb, like the CCR was playing, and he was, you know, whether I don't know if that was diegetic or non-diegetic music, but he was, like, wearing the bandana, he's wearing his army coat, and he's just like, if that went over, that would have been such a big part of his life, because he would be able to talk about it. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it didn't, so, ah, fuck it, dude, let's just go bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John Goodman might be on my top five favorite actors. Definitely in my top ten. I know you're a big Roseanne guy. No, that's the irony of it all. <laughs> so what are but your top Connors. five favorite roles? If he's one of your top five favorite actors, you've got to have top five favorite roles. That's, I feel like that's meant for another podcast. But... No, but I'm asking you now. <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, boy, I'm just even the Coen brothers alone. So I'm just thinking between like, Barton Fink and like him in Raising Arizona like do I include those or do I go with I mean if I'm I don't want to make it all Coen brothers so maybe I'll maybe I'll just say Big Lebowski to cover the Coen brothers um definitely Coyote Ugly that falls uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Let me just let me let me do myself a favor and just. I know it's not a movie, but I loved him on The West Wing. Gotcha, scro- he's good on that. I'm scroll I'm scrolling through. I mean, Mo- Monsters Inc. as Sully. Uh, arachnophobia as the exterminator. <laughs> um, Who's a better exterminator, John Goodman in Arachnophobia or uh, Christopher Walken in Mouse Hunt? Ooh, I gotta, I gotta go with the good man. <laughs> uh, br- uh, mm, bringing out the dead. Really, or- not the Flintstones. <laughs> no, Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, I mean, he's not, I mean, I I like I like the Flintstones. He is one of the most prolific actors of our generation. If you go to his IMDb, he does like five or six things a year. Yeah, I mean, no one does that today. Oh, yeah, he did the I I like I I know it, but like I you know what movie I loved as a kid, We're Back. I love Oh, that yeah, movie. you're a big We're Back guy. That that is a that is a very that's like that's a movie I watched. I mean, I know I said like Blazing Styles before, but I'm sure there's like movies obviously as a kid that I watched way more, like over the summers and sick days and that's that kind of stuff. Like we're back. Oh man, that is that's a big movie for me. Um, he played the voice of Baloo in the Jungle Book too. Oh God, really? <laughs> the dude works. The dude works. Oh yeah, Emperor's for sure. Um, well, he's in a movie called The Big Easy. I gotta check that out. Um, let's start from his most recent stuff then, and just scroll down. So so far, I've said The Big Lebowski, uh, Monsters Inc. Did I say a third? Mm. <laughs> well, you were mentioning some. I don't know. No, I know, but a lot of them are. Oh, he's you know he's really good in um, in Argo. I really enjoy him as like the. Oh yeah, he's great in that. I forgot he, he about d- that. He does. He does the makeup for like Planet of the Apes. And yeah, real like guy. That. He played. Yeah, he's really good in that. That's that. Oh man, and he's good. You know, it's a it's ridiculous movie it's not ridiculous okay but that movie flight with denzel washington <laughs> i forgot about that movie he's he plays like kind of like his like drug dealer and he needs to like not sober up because he's making him like take different types of drugs but they're trying to get denzel washington like he's staying sober and right before the big court date for like the whole plot of the movie he goes off the wagon and they and they call in john goodman goodman's character and the joe cocker like i'm feeling all right is just like playing when he's just like i need this i need that and it's like oh, that's cool he's, he's he's so good in that i don't know there's just i mean and then also i mean he's such a prolific tv actor too like I, in the he's in the first season of like arguably my favorite show of all time treme and that that role is just like if i had to pick a favorite role of his of mine, it's Treme. So it's not Roseanne? No. <laughs> <The> speed, <laughs> speed racer. <laughs> this is a great Oh, uh, this is, yeah. Hmm. 
And this movie, like, it definitely gets pretty weird, so I think that deters some people. Yeah, it's not it's not the easiest movie to follow. Honestly, yeah. it's not. It's very has very odd scenes, very odd characters. <laughs> I mean, it has a pretty straightforward narrative structure. It's not like it's bouncing back and forth <laughs> or anything like that. It's yeah. just I think a lot of people who aren't buying in are like, "Why are we here?" You know, in a lot of scenes. I'm not saying this particular scene. Oh, this is uh, Dr. Sarah Harding. Yes, famously. I, I know we've said this before, but she gets naked a lot in this era. <laughs> I was just gonna—I was just gonna say that because we talked about it on Boogie Nights. Yeah, Julianne Moore, and you know, not trying to comment too much, but she has all the right in the world to be very comfortable <laughs> with herself. <laughs> Lebowski though is so genuine, you know? He's like not a bullshitter, he's just like an honest guy. He doesn't maybe like understand anything. But much more, not that he's not smart, he just doesn't care to understand anything. But he he's inquisitive enough, but he'll dismiss it quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's 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 along for the ride. <laughs> I forgot about her accent in this film I love it it's just and that her name is Maud. So good. <laughs> it's like I only know of like three mods. Harold and Maud, this Maud, and like one of Judd Apatow's kids is named Maud. Well, Maud is a very famous TV show. Very yeah. famous sitcom. Starring uh what's her name from the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh BR log jamming. Hey, <laughs> your boy again. <laughs> Didn't we see him recently too? Or am I crazy? In like another movie we've covered? Maybe I did. Uh <laughs> Each been expert. I like him in the Lost World Jurassic Park. <laughs> another, yeah, the, the, the another movie they're in together. Yeah, duh! Wow, I wasn't even thinking of that. I always think of him from Armageddon. I know I shouldn't, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's a fun role. Rush components, American components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> Uh, 
I don't know if you remember, but I watched this recently, but he's a Nacho Libre as well. Peter Starmore? Mm-hmm. As what? He plays like this mystic who tells him to get that egg with like the nutrients. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, take the wow. nutrients. <laughs> Look at the nutrients. <laughs> This is also one of those films that I think a lot of people love it because not not just I know we said it for the dialogue already, but it's just there's so much stuff in the background. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a puzzle. It's like Highlights magazine. It, yeah, exactly. And so people, it just has the potential for re. If you enjoy it, it just becomes such a rewatchable movie for that reason alone. Besides even like pure entertainment value, which to me it has a lot of. He sells the paint on his face. (laughs) The drool. (laughs) (laughs) Those jellies. I remember a Conan interview... You know, it was it was after this movie came out, but they're talking about it in one of the anecdotes as as actors and you know as guests do on late night shows. He uh, was about those picking the outfits, and pretty much like everything was from Jeff Bridges. Like he he had a say in it, or it was like from his wardrobe, but specifically those jellies. Or something wow. he owned and, and wore all the time. I feel like you've worn ensembles like this in the past. That I've worn? Yeah. Not the yeah. jellies. But no, like... not the jellies, but like put some boat shoes on, bam, right there. <laughs> I'm wearing something similar to it right now, actually. You wouldn't know that, though, because we're recording remotely. Yes. Playing this is safe. our concern, dude. <laughs> i can sympathize with the dude i i I get into those rants like that (laughs) are you saying a foodie films episode sounds similar to this yes so check out foodie films (laughs) to hear the ramblings of another madman (laughs) 
Look at look at his face. Look at Brant's face. <laughs> you know, I never thought like, but like, the two of them look similar. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That's his son. Yeah. It's like another illegitimate child, and he's just like, I don't want to just give me a position, Dad. Like, <laughs> Bastard Brandt, that would be. touch it Ugh. Ugh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny in the, the, in this the one know it case, all yeah but he's like he's bound to be right about something <laughs> okay, I'd be like, sure, get it to me. Yeah. I feel like we all know somebody that's like this, you know? Maybe yeah, not fair. as not as crazy, no, but just no, that I'm... just that like confidence and just has to like chime in on everything. I, I'm definitely I I'm in that vicinity. <laughs> I want to know how they became friends probably at the bowling alley yeah yeah I guess I guess I mean that's definitely the the easiest way I'm just imagining you know because they're of like the same age but like the dude seems like he would almost be like a draft dodger or something yeah I mean that would make sense oh the way I know I'm another instance where it didn't listen to the episode before the episode but I love the squeal he makes when they drop the ferret into the tub (laughs) 
<laughs> it falls in line. There's some like noises that actors will make, like. I love Nathan Lane's scream in the birdcage. This is just... The squeal he makes is hilarious. The panic. There's Flea for you. Ah, gotcha. (laughs) And the other guy is the... You know in Funny People, the doctor, that he's like, oh, you look like a, a bad guy from Die Hard or whatever? Yeah, I've definitely seen the other guy before. Yeah. Are you a big bubble bath guy? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a big uh, bubble bath or bath in general guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love the <laughs> specific words you use, like Johnson yeah. is on repeat, and then nihilist, and it's just it's it, it, again creating a world, creating an environment, creating. I mean, I know it's words we know and use, but like creating a specific language. Hehehe. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nonchalant, the cop. Germans. His like his rants, his like pontificating. It's just, crazy. Not even that. I'm giving it too much. His bullshit is just so. Yes, funny. bullshit. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. It's just. But bullshit. he buys in. He, he buys in. I don't know if he does actually. I'm talking about like. Do you think he? Does he believe his own bullshit? Yes. 
he's 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 like someone that i'm sure he like over rationalizes <laughs> do you agree fuck the tournament what's that do you agree fuck the tournament <laughs> I mean, they're definitely, I don't know about fuck the tournament, but like, I probably wouldn't perform well. I would have a lot of other stuff on my mind if I was threatened to be castrated. True. And here we go with Sam Elliott comes in. <laughs> <laughs> You're a foodie guy. What what is sarsaparilla? It's, it's isn't sarsaparilla just like an early I mean it's an early version of a soda, right? Um, yeah, I mean I, I think it's like a it comes from a specific let me type look it, of Let me look it up. Yeah, I, I thought so. It's like a root beer. Like sarsaparilla is technically a root. So Yeah, it's like it's like root beer, birch beer. Yes, cuz birch yeah. beer also a root. Um, <laughs> made from a yeah from a it's a perennial trailing vine. So, <laughs> so Sam Elliott, like he's credited as the stranger. Is he God? I mean, some people have said that. I've I've read like uh, interpretations. I believe that have said that, but who knows? I know it wouldn't be hard to find out, but I love that he's a he's a guy that people know that that's one of the numbers if you need to get a hold of him to call the bowling alley. <laughs> oh, and then this is uh oh, what's this actor's name? Uh oh, God, what's his name? I I I forget his name, but So this person on Reddit had a theory that has been repeated other places that Sam Elliott is God. Dude is Jesus. Ironically, Maud is Mary Magdalene or Mary, the big Lebowski Satan. Ooh, I'm down with that. <laughs> the giggling that he does. I mean, <laughs> guys, what's the, uh, I mean, I'll just, I guess I'll search this movie and just scroll through. I know he plays one of his big, his more commercial roles. David Thewlis. Uh, Thewlis, yeah, he's Professor Lupin in like the Harry Potter series. Yes, okay, yes, that's where I've seen him. But he's one of his earliest roles. I know him from is Dragonheart. <laughs> oh <laughs> he's yeah, like the, he's the bad for- guy in it. I forgot he was in that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, he just looks. He looks very different. He's got like long hair and just I don't know. But what, what Dragonheart. 
Wait, how, how do you spell his last name? T H E W L I S. What have I seen him in some... Oh, he was in Wonder Woman. He ends up being the bad guy, I think. Oh, he plays, he plays the shame wizard on Big Mouth. He does the voice for that character. It's so weird. Um, Autobahn. I would... Oh, man. What? That would be that'd be really cool. I was gonna say like it'd be awesome to own that vinyl, but it's just like I don't think they probably created more than a, a song for that album. But still, I would take it. <laughs> I love when she and his and David Thule's character start going, oh, yeah, off of this phone conversation. It's like so elitist. He's like, what day am I having? Or like, what series of days am I having? <laughs> or what trip am I on right now? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Kyle, you're going to have to take the next two minutes. I'm going to my kitchen. I'll oh, be back. boy. <laughs> Do oh the narration, boy. please. <laughs> <laughs> There's more CCR. Yeah, he loves the CCR. It's the only tape that he's got in his deck. Or is it an 8-track? I don't know. Oh, a little road beer. Well, there's a, there's a decent amount of food scenes in this movie. I don't think I've ever uh, covered one of them on foodie films. I gotta think about that. I gotta keep better track of that. I love the cons. That's one of the biggest things about oh, this is <laughs> this is one of his screams again. But <laughs> the the conspiracies. <laughs> in this movie and it all is like one of the most like you know it's the simplest thing but just how over how over the top it gets with his conspiracies who's following him that's just oh wow this is i'm just like not realizing but then they just go above and beyond and do their spy thrillers so they have their their conspiracies in this movie but then they go ahead and do such a good job with it in burn after reading and just the Coen brothers just always shoot violence in such a specific way between this and Fargo. I mean, is there any murders in this movie? 
Uh, Donnie dies. Is there any murders, though? I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like in Fargo and Burn After Reading. But just even that car crash that just happened. I love the way that they just show violence. It's just so ridiculous. Is this, uh, this is his neighbor's one-man play. Donnie from Love, Liza. <laughs> Oh, poor, poor Donnie trying to be an actor in L.A. Joey, I'm shocked you don't like this movie. I don't know. I think it's just, it's weird and funny. I think you'd, I, I, w- I would have thought that you'd be into that. <laughs> the way Walter says like you're supposed to know this like that's just he's so fucking sure of himself ooh I'm, I just realized on by watching it on Amazon at least on my desktop my little uh, recording studio um you could see the, all the actors' names, but then there's, like, trivia and goofs. I feel like on different platforms you can find this. I know Brian's probably shared that before, but at least on here that's cool. So, general trivia. The fast food restaurant In-N-Out Burger is referred to during the movie, for which John Goodman once did a commercial. Now I am back. Is trivia. I was saying how on this version, at least, and I know you've shared this because I think you usually watch stuff on a playstation right um that like it was sharing like trivia and goofs and stuff like that oh yeah yeah (laughs) did they mention in and out burger did they mention it no i was saying that was the that was a trivia because i mean it said it in the subtitles when i was putting my my uh, headphones on. So oh, then that's why when I was reading it, I wasn't reading the subtitles. So that's and the point was that they uh, John Goodman once did a commercial for them. So gotcha. You know that's that the big the debate on Too Fast Too Forever: Whataburger versus In and Out. Have you had both? Um, no, because the whole story is I've only been to L.A. once, and I was when we went to go have it, I was having uh, food poisoning from the night before, so I, well, I could not. But eat But you could have had it in Vegas. Oh, I guess, I guess so. We just we didn't we didn't have it. it no, but In and Out Burger is in a lot of states. It's not just in LA. Well, I mean, what, I thought it was like a West Coast. They're like, yeah. Well, it's not here, but let's see, In and Out Burger states. Because I've had it in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I could have had it there. I don't know. I don't. Ca- I don't care. I'm going to places. I'm going to eat better food than fast food. So fast food doesn't qualify as food to you? No, it doesn't. It, no, it qualifies as food to me. I'm just like if I rarely get to go to a place, I'm not going to waste a meal on a fast food version. I'm going. I mean, when I've done it, it's like late night meals. You know, like nothing's open anymore or something quick. I love In and Out Burger. Whataburger, I think I had once. I can't remember. So I'd have to go back and compare. Um. So 
In and Out Burger is in mostly California, of course, but also Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, Utah, and Texas. Okay, well, I mean, Texas I've been to multiple times. I don't remember. Usually I'm just like going right into Austin. I don't remember seeing a single one. That obviously doesn't mean that they, you know, that uh, uh, you're saying that they exist. I don't know where in Austin or Dallas where I've been to, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, moments that I would then eat fast food, uh, I guess there were just other options, but I haven't been to L.A. or uh, Nevada in a, in a while. Yeah, three In-N-Out Burgers in Austin. Wow. They must be, like, on the, off the highways or something, and I'm not driving around. No, there. one's downtown. Really? Sorry, look at the map now. Not yeah. to keep, like, contradicting you. No, that's fine. I, <laughs> not, I, to be, uh, not to be Walter here. Clearly but. something I don't necessarily, I mean, you know, it would be... I'll eventually have it. Oh, there's four in the Austin area. So I was wrong. That's a very quotable quote. That's what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> is it true? What he's about to do. I mean, maybe in some cases, I'm sure that's happened. Yeah. That's I always thought this the beginning of that scene had such like bad uh, ADR, like as far like you like he the guy clearly wasn't saying anything, but they had dialogue going over it. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, little Santana. Oh, different version of Santana. Okay. <laughs> When's the last time you had an out burger? Ooh, years. Because last time I was in Dallas, I was with you, and we didn't have it then. Yeah, I but guess I had I it a, another time in Dallas. Um, what did I go to last? Would it have either been? I guess I went to Dallas after. I went to. I've only been to Vegas twice. No, you went times? to Vegas for uh, work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that I've was after. Been there. I think. Yeah. No, I know that was after. I'm trying to think if that was. Bef- I think that's that was before Dallas. I'm sh- the, that, and, and and I've been to Austin then even after that. So I went to Austin like <laughs> the whole process of that wood block in the door. That's great. But um, yeah, I went to Austin 
last May, May of 2019. This is one of my whole, this whole scene. No, I mean, not this. Particular <laughs> thing. That was poor timing of saying it. I love, all right, scene. I need to, I need to look right now. I've, what's that? Can you tell us why you love this scene? I love this. I, one time this was playing on uh, uh, WBGO, the local like jazz station, this song. I'm looking right now. It all says is Atai Pura. I love the over-the-topness. And then oh, I really don't want to say this guy's name wrong. But he also he plays... Oh, God. In Roadhouse, he plays the bad guy. Oh, really? His, and his name is... Come on. Let me find you. Let me find you. Where are you? Ben... Ben Gazzara. Gotcha. And I just he to me he just has one of the best voices of all time. Yeah, he I does. Love, I love the way he talks, and I love the the character introduction. You guys know it by now. I, I if if I always comment on it, and this movie does a really good job with it too. But point being, I love his character introduction and again, creating the world that Jackie Treehorn lives in showing that woman being tossed like up and down topless on the beach. And there's <laughs> f- f- like f- torches around and he's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's an art. This is similar to boogie nights. For sure, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, the, 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 those movies, P.T. Anderson, and the, at least this again, this genre, they could be in the same world. I would love that'd be amazing if there was a uh, Jackie Treehorn. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Jack Horner as Boogie Nights, and this is Jackie Treehorn. Yeah, this is Jackie Treehorn. Yeah. Very similar. It'd be amazing if there was like a young Jackie Treehorn in Boogie Nights. But this is came after Boogie Nights, so obviously that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> the music, like the way he said the way he said it with the music. Yeah. Just like that room, what a ridiculous room! It's ridiculous, but it's cool. And like, just the couches look don't look that comfortable, and the dudes like trying to, you know, get comfy. Yeah. <laughs> he just it's like an it's an, like a arch nemesis lair. Like yeah. <laughs> it's got a very lair vibe. Can you ever like really consider yourself a good person if you have a lair? <laughs> Well, is it a lair or is it like a fortress of solitude? Is it like a? I mean, does anyone ever say this is my lair and they're a good person? No, no. I love, I love that it becomes kind of like a detective, mm-hmm. <laughs> a reluctant kind of dumb detective. And that's and that, therein lies the similarities to inherent vice. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say dumb. Slacker is a better word. Yeah, slacker and. <laughs> the way he sets back down. <laughs> Slacker, reluctant hero, uh, just... 
I mean, he definitely has, like, also, like, a bit of a Jerry Lewis quality to him. Just, like, kind of the... I feel like we've talked about this before. The Shlomiel, the Shlomazel. Yes, yes. What is it again? Let's see. Shlomiel I don't spell it to Google that. Shlomiel is stupid, awkward, unlucky person. But what's the what's the thing that that uh, people say? Okay, so this is this oh yeah. Is a Yidd- I, oh, do you want to say or you want to, okay, no? You can say. It. Go ahead. A Yiddish saying explains that a shlomiel is somebody who often spills soup, and a shlomazel is the person it lands on. <laughs> so so he's a shlomazel. Right? The soup is yes. landing on him. Yes, the soup is... La- exactly. He is a schlamazel. <laughs> All the rugs in this movie, too. You a rug guy? Not really. I'm an asthmatic, so... I mean, I'd per- definitely over carpet. I'm not a carpet guy. Oh, I'm definitely not a carpet guy. I'm not really a rug guy. Uh, I spill like- too often. I have animals. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like a little accent rug per se. I, I have a rug. I have a rug in my like the. It's you know how it is. It's my one big room, but I have one to make it seem a bit more like half of it is the living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, yeah. I'm not anti rug. Okay. The <laughs> I love becomes <laughs> just this whole short film Jackie Treehorn porno presents. Yeah, this is the most iconic of the visions, if you will. Yes. And let's, I want to see, okay, this is at right around an hour and 21 minutes. I want to see how long this lasts for. And and think about it, though. Like, if people who aren't into this film, I kind of get it. We only have half hour left of a two-hour movie, and we're kind of like, where are we, you know? It doesn't yeah. feel like he's that much closer to solving this. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Saddam handing the shoes. <laughs> it's so <laughs> again topical because this is like there's a lot of Gulf War illusions. We see Bush, also yeah. uh, what's his name Walter is talking about Vietnam War. This right here would be such a great Halloween costume. Like I've seen cutoff. this. I've seen people do the girl. Um, yeah, well that's really well. Oh wait, the Viking or with the pins? The Viking. Okay, yeah. But with like the bowling ball chest. No, not the funny. bowling pin hat. Oh, okay. People. No, no, no. I'm talking about Julianne Moore. But yeah, the thing that, is, I, just what I've seen is a guy being Lebowski in the sweater and like the Zubas, and the girl being, um, this like Viking character, which doesn't really make sense, right? No, no, no. You've corrected that in the past, like when you've seen like Han and Leia's, and the Han is not the matching with the Leia. <laughs> Have I? I've seen you do that, like because like, like in like, person uh, to the people. No, not like hey, fuck you. Like you oh, said okay. to me. Okay, I'm like good. All right, that'd be a real <laughs> Like, um, if Leia is New like, Hope, Leia, and yeah, like her date is Han, you know, <laughs> or, or Han, Han, yeah. <laughs> 
Do you consider what he's wearing a romper? It's overalls, right? <laughs> no. Coveralls, right? Like coveralls. Kind of in between. You're a big fan of the romper. Well, is the male romper again? Romp him? That's like a brand, but yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so that dream sequence went on for like three minutes. That's fantastic. Wow. That's like a short film in itself. (laughs) Been there. Fucking fascist. (laughs) 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 So the lawyers that I'm reading the trivia right now. On my screen, the lawyers that the dude mentions are um, radical attorneys noted for defending numerous controversial defendants, including suspected terrorist leaders and the daughter of Malcolm X. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, topical today, huh? Uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah. A lot of you. E- oh, yeah, duh. But yeah, of- <laughs> you're making Lebowski connections. Like, hey, there are a lot of the eagles in this film. Wait, there's a connection. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he smells. Uh, the dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure in 
Yeah, there's definitely situations that I'm sure it gets pretty smelly. This is certainly not the Elvis version of this song. No. <gasps> Wait, she has all ten toes. That wasn't her toe. Walter was right. Oh, Shiza. The dude Shiza. abides. <laughs> Poor dude. What a schlamazel. It strips over his own... That's yeah. That's the schlamazel, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he kind of schlamiled that one too, but yeah, but it was it was on purpose, so I guess not. I don't know. He's a schlamazel. It's pretty pretty clear. (laughs) (laughs) I love this part. He lights up the. What's the Port Huron statement? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. A 1962 political manifesto of American student activist movement, Students for Democratic Society. Uh, It's like a hippie manifesto. And the Seattle 7, is that a real thing? Let's see. He was an activist, clearly. Yeah. So, possibly yes. like a draft yes. dodger in that sense. Radical anti-Vietnam War movement based in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. They were charged with conspiracy to incite a riot. Ooh, so maybe maybe the dude was like arrested and in jail during the time of Nam, but like, you know. And then Walter came back. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just ooh, trying to create ooh. a bigger backstory. Not that I want a movie made about it. I don't want the young dude Walter movie. <laughs> How many Julianne Moore Hoffman collaborations are there? I'll answer the question. Let me see. <laughs> Can you guess? Um, uh, I know off the top of my head, th- three... That, but then, oh, then I, I, how many Hunger Games is she in, and how many Hunger Games is he considered to be in? You know, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say f- five. Okay, let's see. Officially, Boogie Nights, Big Lebowski, Mockingjay one, Mockingjay two, uh-huh. Magnolia. So five. five. Woo! You got it. Boogie Nights is the only one we've done, and Lebowski now, on our rewatch. Interesting.
<laughs> See, when I first saw this movie, I'm like, come on. They went this low. Why would she be into him? I don't understand it. You know, it doesn't really make sense in this world here. But then it's explained. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's And this is one of those, like, uh, to do a, a reference to a, the OG podcast of the network itself, Cage Club. Like, Bad Lieutenant Port a Call, they wrap up everything so nicely at the end. Like, this movie, it, like, happens that way, too, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like everything is explained. It's the Shabbos. <laughs> I forgot about that. this is when he becomes very like it's like very like dick detective i imagine like the hoodie is his trench coat you know yeah yeah and this guy just even has he's you know he's been a, a bunch of stuff and he just has that like inspector vibe yeah. to him yeah it's the mustache and the voice too though oh true true Helping her conceive, man. Just like the willingness to just give this information. <laughs> and isn't it weird, but like so bold for people to introduce, let's say people, the Coen brothers, to introduce a character like this this late in the film? Yeah. But he's the essential <laughs> essential glue, you know? Yeah. Minnesota Connection. Cohen Brothers. Oh, don't you know? You always do that, but it, for me, it always, that always sounds more Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I don't know. I'm not good Like, oh, don't you know, Bobby? <laughs> yeah? You're big Bo- Bobby's World guy. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> You remind me of the uncle in Bobby's world. I honestly, I can't say that I recall. Um, I'll, sh- I'll send you a photo. Thank you. <laughs> that's really fun. Okay, so that's a little inside. Um, I recorded an episode earlier today where one of the c- scenes, uh, you know, random food scene. An episode covered. of Foodie Films. Yes, on an episode of Foodie Films was... Um, 
from Fargo with Pe- and Peter Starmore and Steve Buscemi in the car. And Peter Starmore's character wanted to go out to a house of pancakes. So it's kind of funny that they have him <laughs> getting pancakes in this film. But isn't that great? So then right then, like, we get that glue of that, like, one, like the last character introduced in this film, for the most part, like, right? I don't think there's any new characters. But we get that character, and then we get the shot of her, the woman's foot, and then now we get this whole thing by the dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Fiddler in the roof joke right there. <laughs> From Moses to Sandy Koufax. Oh, yes, we get. I forgot we get one last little bit of Brant. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't get him started. <laughs> It's like he waits for people to ask him that question. Yeah. A side note, and I don't want to put a damper on this film, but just like from watching it and now that we've seen all the characters, not a very diverse cast, huh? No. Even the quote-unquote Latin person? Um... What is John Turturro? I know he's Italian, but he might be. Let me see. I don't want to claim. (laughs) I've seen a lot of spinals. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> I love how Walter, again, has his moment and finally becomes like a main character. Yeah. But that... That's such an ADR bark. (laughs) (laughs) He has such a big heart, too, the dude. Yeah. Well, he was was fighting the good fight in the 60s. True, true. <laughs> he looks so innocent in this movie, Bashemi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love his handicapping of the Gulf War. <laughs> Did you find out his heritage? He's just 100% Italian. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, now that I watch this movie, it, it doesn't uh, age well. I'm not offended. I think John Turturro... I li- I'm a big John Turturro fan. But, yeah... Oh, God. <laughs> the schlamazzle moments just don't end. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least Walter ends up being, like, good in a fight. Hehehehe. <laughs> Walter? No, Donnie, they're cowards. His girl forgive her toe. Poor Donnie.
bites his fucking ear off. <laughs> it's so insane. I fuck you. Ah! Oh! <laughs> A lot of losing of toes and ears. <laughs> <He's> semi. <laughs> He has combat training. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Donnie. (laughs) We've got help choppering it. I don't know if I've heard that line before. It's fun watching with the subtitles on really paying attention, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is the most, like, kempt he's been. Not, yeah. not, uh, what's it, you know, not just, Walter. Yeah, dude. the dude, yeah. The way he's lifting his chin up. Yeah, just... like, he, he finally is, like, you know, feels ownership of the situation. And this is his nice clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh man <laughs> they've got the discount card so yeah we'll use it Again, a lot of tie-ins. So yeah, funeral attire. Poor Donnie. Right? Just poor. <laughs> I guess Donnie's kind of a schlamazel as well, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Walter's a schlemiel. Yes, that's fair. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, God. He's got to make it about himself. Yeah. You know that's going to happen. So, I've seen that image too, right? Like the sunglasses yeah. with, the with the ashes, ashes in them. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so over it at this point. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything has to do with Vietnam. Exactly. That's morning for you. That's morning. Very beautiful, very beautiful shot work and with the music here. Yeah, the movement in this movie, the like the cinematography is so good. Do they alternate who's the official director? Uh, I think... I think so, but at the same time, I'm not sure because that's like they weren't nominated for a long time because you have to do that to be nominated, I think. So I'm not sure. I know they eventually won for. Was it New Country or it might have been for True Grit? I think it was No Country. Yeah. I think I read like that they not that they split up because they're not like into it anymore. But one of them wanted to do theater and one of them wanted to do uh, continue the movies. So I think like the future projects are, like only one of them doing it or something like that. Ah, oh, interesting. <laughs> the dude abides. Love it, love it.
So weird. Why things work out pretty good for the dude and Walter. <laughs> Their friend died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So weird. I love that the, as the narrator, as potentially God, then he does comment on everything, just even from the viewership at the end. Like, he brings up things that some people might have wrong with the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The Dude Abides. That was the film. Ben Gazzara, Jackie Treehorn. So good. All right. So hope you guys enjoyed that rewatch. But we have some business to take care of. As you know, Kyle. Big business. We got to tell the Hoff fans what they're voting for. For yeah. our next rewatch. So I'm going to pull up the wheel of Hoffman here. So you're going to want to share that screen with me. All right. So... It's now it's going to be Scent of a Woman up against whatever comes on the spin? Yes, that is correct. So Scent of okay. a Woman is still on the ballot, and it'll verse whatever wins the spin. So let's see. I'm spinning the wheel. Wheel of Hoffman. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, speaking of John Turturro, we have a John Turturro <laughs> film, right? Yeah. So that's God's Pocket. <laughs> We're going to have two very different films at two very different points in Philip Seymour Hoffman's career. God's Pocket versus Scent of a Woman. His first versus, like, almost his last. Yeah, if it was A Most Wanted Man or, theoretically, A Later Hunger Games. But this they all came out right around the same time because this is the John Slattery film, and this was this yeah. is the mo- this is the movie he, that was being shown at Sundance when like right before his death. Yes, yeah, so this is a big variation here. If you guys don't know what to pick, then you know you clearly don't have uh, a favorite Hoffman era, which is fine. I don't have a favorite Hoffman era, so I would say the middle. Wow! <laughs> so God's Pocket versus Scent of a Woman. This should be interesting. At least one. Has to win, and you guys again vote on our social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, Kyle, anything more you want to say? No, I mean ch- check out all the great podcasts on the Cage Club Podcast Network, including, of course, uh, High School Slumber Party and Foodie Films, and I mean you mentioned you mentioned Too Fast to Forever, all those great shows. Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited as we continue our journey and. We're going to continue doing these rewatches because we've been having a good time and we found a good rhythm with being able to not be in the same room. Hopefully we can be in the same room for some future ones. But for now, this is working for me. So, Kyle, why don't don't you uh, say what you got to say? Well, for now, stay uncool.
Since you came